What sorts of comparisons seem to have the most negative impact on your life? Because we compare all the time. Join us today as we wrap up our series of I Quit and we answer the question, why does God hate it when we compare? Join us now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful that you are joining us wherever you are joining us from. Uh, we believe that God is going to give you a reason, a purpose of why you're listening to this episode uh, at this moment. Hey, uh, if you do like our podcast, man, we would we would love for you to help support us in a couple of ways. First one would be if you like listening to us each and every week, man, help us by spreading the word. You know, like us, share us, uh, make comments, uh, give us comments, good feedback on on our episodes, on our podcast, on any platform that you listen to us with, right? And the second one is, man, if you are able or in a position that you are able to do so, uh, man, we would love if you could help us financially. Give us some financial support um, in, in in any way. Uh, any, any amount will help us. It just helps us get that word out. Uh, it helps us uh, keep these podcasts going, and uh, we would appreciate it in any way. So, hey, uh, we are, as we said uh, today, wrapping up our series of I Quit, and today we are specifically talking about uh, comparing, and so we are going to make the challenge of I Quit Comparing. A couple of uh, weeks ago, and a couple ep- a couple episodes ago, I should say, uh, during our week of, of I Quit Complaining, uh, I told you I looked through some social media platforms to see what everyone was complaining about, and I decided to do the same uh, for this week. And so I looked to see how everyone was comparing things. And as I was going through them, I began to realize that there's really four main categories. Okay. So if I mention one of these categories and you fall into one of them, Hey, write it down, mark it in your brain, something, uh, to kind of compare yourself to that. If you want to use that, that terminology. Okay. Uh, as we go through these. So the first thing I found was we compare possessions right? Uh, For example, our cars, it may be that you actually got a new car last year and all of a sudden you're at at a stoplight and and this year's model rolls up next to you and you're like, wow, look at that. I love that. I like their wheels better, the spoiler better, the tinted windows better, whatever it might be. And you start to compare your vehicle to the newest one, right? And maybe it's our house. Is it big enough? Does it look good enough? Are the furnishings the way that they should be? Do we need to add on, make it bigger, add more space? And heaven forbid you go to a home show, right? That that thing will wipe you out because you got so many ideas. You're just literally moving from from table to table going, oh man, we need to, we need to change this, don't we? We compare all kinds of things. So if that's you, just kind of check that off, write that down, say, hey, I, I fall into that, into that category. The second thing, uh, we compare our appearances. Ladies, you compare your hair like it, like it, 
like, does it look good? You know, all the time. Does it look as soft and fluffy as the girl in the shampoo commercial when she does the real dramatic slow motion walking thing? You know what I'm talking about, right? And the guys, we don't really have that problem. We just actually compare if we even have hair. We start counting them. Hey, I got five. How many you got? You know, we compare our appearances. And, and if that's you, check that off or write that one down. The third one is performance. Maybe it's in the job. You know, man, my sales don't look anything like this person over here in this region, and I know I work every bit as hard as they do. Why do I not look as good? Why are the numbers not looking as good as theirs? Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, you know, we're just trying to be the same, you know. Maybe it's that you're a mom, and you're saying, I look at other moms, and I'm like, Look at her. She's got both earrings in and all the kids' faces are wiped. Man, I'm a horrible mom. I'm, I'm a terrible mother, right? What's wrong with me? We compare in all sorts of aspects of our performance, okay? If that's you, check that one off. The last thing I saw was we compare circumstances many times. Maybe you wished you were married right now. I'm always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, and I wish I would have found Mr. Wright by now, but he's not out there. Or Mrs. Wright, I can't, I can't find her. God, why can't I find her? Or maybe it's just that your situation in life right now, you're not where you thought you should be. And you look on at people that you've graduated with or their coworkers or, or friends, and now they've moved on to other things, and you are just like, God, I don't get it. Why, why can't I get a break, you know? Sometimes we compare circumstances, okay? That's you. Kind of check that one off, write that one down as well, all right? So, so we had uh, possessions, appearances, performance, and circumstances. Those were the four main characters, uh, uh, categories. So how many of you checked all four? Because I know for sure I did. Over my period of lifetime, I definitely have done all four of those. The fact is that comparison truly does permeate every aspect of our thinking in so many different facets of our life. We compare all the time. I, am I as successful as so-and-so? Do I look as good as this person? Or how do I fit in? Where am I at on the rating scale? scale where do I fall in, right? Well, this leads us to the question we are trying to answer today. Why does God hate it when we compare? Right? Why does God hate it when we compare? So today we're going to look at three different thoughts about why God hates it when we compare, and then we're going to look at what we can do to help us not compare. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. First thought on why does God hate it when we compare is this. Comparison is the death of contentment. Okay? Comparison is the death of contentment. We see this in 2 Corinthians 10.12 when the Apostle Paul is writing this, and he says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. That key word is they are not wise, right? In other words, he's saying they're stupid, right? Why? Well, why does he say this? Because he understands something, that success in life is not a matter of being inferior or superior to someone else. It's not this balancing scale. What success is, it's about being who God wants you to be and not who you wish you were. Success is about being who God wants you to be. What happens when we compare is this. We begin to build a mirage of, other, of another person. It, it kind of looks like this. We will go, you know what? I really, really like their personality. Oh, if I had their personality, right? She's so funny and witty. If I just had that, 
And, oh, their hair is really cool. I like that. And, man, their spouse really cares about them and treats them well. And, oh, oh man, their kids, did you see how well their kids obey and listen and, and do the things they're supposed to? It's absolutely amazing. And, wow, their house and their, and their cars and their boat. And, you know, we go on and on and on, right? And all of a sudden, we just, we just have all these inputs coming in. And we build a mirage that's just not real. It's who we wish we were. And that is not successful because we are not being who God wants us to be. It is crazy how much we compare, right? And I will tell you something sad. I really feel bad feel bad many times for, for the ladies because you know what? You get compared to more than just about anybody else because you get compared to these mirages, right? That sit on a magazine cover at the checkout counters of grocery stores and other places with these photoshopped airbrushed images that simply aren't real, right? But what happens? You begin to compare. And in that we find the death of contentment. The second thing is this. Comparison makes us prideful. Comparison makes us prideful. We see this in Luke chapter 18 where Jesus is telling a story about a prayer and he's specifically telling a story about a prayer from a Pharisee who is out praying and he begins to say this prayer. And this is what happens in Luke 18, 11 and 12. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Now, that is about as pompous as you can get in a prayer like that, right? Because, but, but you know what? We, we do it all the time. Maybe not in our prayers, but we do it a lot in our thoughts, okay? Let me help you out in your thinking. Maybe you're at Walmart in the toy aisle, and you hear the noise near you, and you think Armageddon has started from this noise, and you're thinking, what in the earth is going on here, Right? And so you go around the corner to check things out, and right there is a three-and-a-half-year-old little girl throwing a crazy, wild-eyed, screaming fit on the floor. Looks like she needs a demon exercised out of her, right? And you're like, what has happened? The girl is screaming, I want the toy. I want it now. I want it. I want it. I want it. And the mom is like, oh, gosh, help us all. And, you know, she's freaking out, and you're thinking, I can't believe that. Do you see the way these kids are acting, right? They need some discipline in that home. They need to understand how to parent. I would never, my kids would never do something like that. By the way, people who think that way, let me tell you something about those people. They actually don't have children, I believe, right? Definitely not a three and a half year old for sure, right? You know, because it happens all the time. What happens though is we begin to look on at other people's circumstances and we say, well, I would never, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Or, or maybe it's like this. Somebody is looking on like, oh, look at that person. I can't believe them smoking a cigarette. Don't they know their body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't they know they should take better care of themselves? Don't they understand that that is just not healthy? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I would like a, a, a double bacon cheeseburger with fries and a two liter of uh, soda. Oh, by the way, could you supersize that, please? Oh, smoking a cigarette. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> you know, it's absurd, is it not? It's a form of legalism in our lives. When we begin to compare our circumstances and our situation to someone else, and legalism always leads to absurdity, but we do it all the time. Comparison makes us prideful. C.S. Lewis says it this way. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good-looking, but they're really not. 
He says they're proud of being richer or clever or better looking than others. If everyone else became equally rich or clever or good looking, there would be nothing to be proud about, right? So why does God hate it when we compare? Because in comparison, we find the death of contentment and that comparison makes us prideful. And the third thought is this, comparison makes us resentful. And we see this in uh, 1 Samuel 18, okay? I'm gonna start with verse six. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the woman came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with, with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and, and leers, right? Well, modern day translation would, would say this. Gentlemen, you just won the championship game in whatever sport, okay? You're probably riding on somebody's shoulders. We are the champions is, is playing in the background, right? There's confetti being shot out of cannons, fireworks going off, and, and you are the man because you are the champion. And here come all the cheerleaders with their pom-poms, and they are about to come out and, and do a cheer. That's what's happening. They're coming in from a conquest, and they have kicked some serious Philistine booty, right? They are coming back, and, and here is this cheer that their, their little ladies say. We read on in 1 Samuel 18, 7 through 9. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Well, Saul was very angry. This refrain uh, displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Okay? You see, when we begin to compare, we, we can find that it makes us resentful. So there's a thought here that I really want to get to you. Okay? We compare here. Here's what happens when we compare. We resent God's goodness in others' lives and ignore God's blessing in our own life. Okay, When we compare, we resent God's goodness in our own lives and ignore God's blessing in our own life. It's exactly what happened to Saul. Okay, He began to look on, and it did not matter that David had already slayed Goliath for him and that he had served the king for so many years and had been so loyal. It did not matter. All he knew was that they were crediting David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. What more could he get but his kingdom, right? And he became enraged. He became displeased, as Scripture says, and he, and he could not be happy for David. In other words, he became resentful of God's goodness in David's life, and he ignored the blessing in his own life. What did he have to be thankful about? Well, how about the fact that, that he was king? He could do whatever he wants. He could go wherever he wants to go. He'd do what he wants to do. He's the king. But he ignored that. And we do the same thing many times. When we let the cancer of comparison come in and just displease us and just eat us up, we begin to be resentful of God's goodness in someone else's life. And we ignore it in our own lives. So comparison is a serious problem that we have to learn to try to overcome. Well, how do we do this? Well, I've got a couple of thoughts on this. And if we can internalize these thoughts and they become part of our daily living and understanding, then we can be transformed and quit comparing. All right? So how do we do it? Well, the first thought is this. Know what you have. Okay? You have to know what you have. We see this in Philippians 4. Paul was writing this under house arrest at this time, and so a lot of his freedoms have been restricted. He can't go and do whatever he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. And so he pens these words, and he says in Philippians 4.11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Let's pause there for a second. This is something that we have to learn. 
What does it mean? It means that through a process God takes us through, we learn how to be content. And Paul goes on to say in verses 12 and 13, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it has it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, some of you may not know this, but many years ago, when, when I graduated high school, I, um, man, I said that bad, didn't I? Graduated. <laughs> I graduated high school, and I had some opportunities to play some uh, college baseball, and I even had a chance to possibly play professionally. And I decided to take another route, though. I took a job as an electrician apprentice that paid for, paid for schooling. And shortly thereafter, I married my high school sweetheart. We got married when we were 19 and 18, okay? And, and when people find that out, they always ask this question, why did you not go the baseball route? And then it is followed up with, do, do you go back and, and think about your life, what it would be like if you did go the baseball route? And that would, in a sense, be comparing my life now to what it could have been, right? Well, let me tell you what I, what I share with people. I say I would have missed this. Not, not speaking on this podcast necessarily. That is just a small part of, of what I mean when I say this. Okay, I enjoy this. But what I mean is what God has done in my life over the past 25 years. The things that he's done inside of me as a husband, as a daddy, as a friend, and as a pastor. What he's done inside of many of you, hearing the stories where the power of the risen Christ comes in and, and transform a life, a husband who was selfish and consumed with everything materialistic comes to serve his bride and love her like Christ loved the church, and it transforms a marriage. And the kids and the family grow up in a different home environment, and their generations are changed because of that. I see the power of the transforming, risen Christ, right, truly transform marriages over and over and over again. I also see addictions broken time and time again, all kinds of addictions, alcohol, uh, tobacco, right, drugs, uh, pornography, because God is getting into their lives. They are turning themselves over, becoming a new creation, as Scripture calls it. I could have missed out on all of this, right, this. If I let comparison come in and make me resentful, to make me prideful, it would have been the death of contentment for me. So what does it mean for you? I'm not quite sure, but maybe it's that you would stop trying to compare and go after that other thing instead of saying, if I could just work harder and get this and buy that and get the bigger house and get the pool and this and that and more and more and more, maybe that you would actually be able to give the time to your family that they actually want. And you wouldn't miss those ball games or the dance recital or the anniversary or the birthday, right? Because you were so consumed with all the other things and you miss God's best. Because remember, success isn't about being inferior or superior to someone else. It's about being who God wants you to be, not who you wish you were. Here's a second thought on what do we do to get rid of a comparison. If you are, if you are taking notes or writing these things down, you've got to know who you are. You have to know who you are. We have to understand who we are. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, what does it mean? It means you are God's workmanship, okay? His handiwork. You are born in the thought of the creator of the universe. 
You are his handiwork. You've been equipped with gifts, talents, things that he wants you to see and do. He puts you in a specific situation, a.k.a. the reason and the purpose that we pray and, and share with all the time about why he's put you where you are, okay? To be able to minister to those around you as an ambassador of his truth and his love. You are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. I pray today that you understand who you are, because in knowing who you are, you know who you don't have to be. Quit trying to be somebody you wish you were. Be who God wants you to be. Know who you are. And today, with God's help, we will all quit comparing. Amen. Hey, that concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. It also concludes this series on I Quit. Hey, I hope you'll join us next week as we introduce a new series called The Red Letters. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support this ministry, please visit chandleracreschurch.com.